Inland Talk Express, KCAA, Loma Linda, 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind. Welcome back, everybody. Happy Sunday. Uh, you guys are listening to Whatever Works on KCAA 1050 AM and Express 106.5 FM. I'm your host, Sam Works. I'm Kyle Kerrigan. And our guest just came in just on time. I like it. Um, yeah, so welcome back, everybody. And he's, uh, man, he came, he came back on our show like a year ago for the first time in a yeah. long time. So um, he's a reoccurring guest. We're glad to have him on. Uh, this is Jay Kasai, everybody. What's going on? How are you guys doing? Yes. And, you know, the first time he went on our show, um, you know, he has a lot of aspirations and a lot of goals that he was meeting and stuff. And, um, you know, we're just going to we're going to catch up, see what's going on. And I know we went to an event last night, which was super fun dude I was, it was I was really fun yeah i was yeah. honored to you know participate yeah, in no, me I, and kyle i really appreciate the invite to that yeah, yeah man it was, it was amazing glad you guys showed up man yeah we um yeah. when we found out that we we're gonna be um, presenting an award me and kyle went out outside and we're we're rehearsing you know like we didn't we, <laughs> we didn't want to be the ones up on stage messing up you know forgetting our yeah. thoughts and stuff but um it was it was awesome dude so speaking of last night you want to you want to touch everyone and Keep on informed of what happened last night. Was going yeah. On. So for um, for the listeners who maybe are wondering what we're talking about, um, we had a, an event called the Only Empire Now Awards, um, and what we do there is we essentially create a platform for recognition for people from the Inland Empire who make any form of art or music. Mm-hmm. And um, the event was the first of its kind, the first one so far I know of, and it was, from what I understand, a smash success. So yes. Um, things went extremely well. You know, we we try to do everything perfectly and by the book and make it something special and unique and honest, and I think it translated. Yeah. Yeah. So No, it was yeah. definitely a, an awesome event. And um, you you were – you're doing everything. You're behind the scenes making it all happen. Running like a maniac <laughs> yeah. all over the place for sure. But mostly because I'm a control freak and I'm struggling to let go of things. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the real reason. So – like are you sure you got it okay i'm gonna run over here are you doing that okay you're doing that okay i'm just you know running around but yeah you know just concerned with making sure all fires get put out you know because Mm -hmm. it's a very small ring of people working together to make this platform work and happen so i feel partially responsible so that was the main reason yeah yeah what what made you guys want to do only in like only inland empire um it starts it has to start to scale you know Mm -hmm. so 
the first and most important thing is that if you're going to hold an award show, are the people going to show up, <laughs> right? So, yeah. so if we did a national award ceremony, is a guy from New York going to fly to San Bernardino and accept his award, or are right. we going to have a bunch of Zoom calls and nonsense? You know, so yeah. I think that's the the logistical, more realistic reason. But the other reason is that there's an actual large, large community here that doesn't get recognition. Um, yeah, you know? I agree with that. And I don't know if other areas or scenes have recognition or platforms or not. I don't know. But I've been a part of this area for my whole life. And I've been yeah. in the scene in this this art realm for well over a decade, 15, yeah. 20 years. So I know for a fact that I've done film projects and got awards. I've done other things and been recognized and I wasn't good at it and stuff like that, you know, and for something that I've spent so much time in and been a part of, I thought that it was really important that we facilitate and make sure this is done right, you know, mm -hmm. so that's why I want to be a part of it. Yeah, I, I do think it was a, a smashing success. And I forgot who said it on stage last night, but he was talking about how there was like a cloud over the Inland Empire, you know, like mm -hmm. cities and places get represented and everyone knows about those things and like, um, all the creativity and imagination that gets put out to it but like the inland empire you know even though we're on the map we're not pinned yeah you know and yeah. so to have one specifically for us you know the people right, of right inland absolutely empire to come out you know i thought that was pretty yeah cool. a lot of right. a lot of time as an inland empire musician or artist you feel this need to be in la or to be closer to la or to represent mm -hmm. la or the pressures of you know, anyone outside of California goes, you do music, you're in L.A., but a lot of people don't realize the Inland Empire is locked and loaded with extreme talent. I mean, Hip Boy himself, yeah. um, who's produced for Britney Spears, Jennifer Lopez, Justin Bieber, Drake, Kanye West, you name the artist, he's done it. He's probably yeah. been nominated for a Grammy every year for the last five years, yeah. you know, and his nickname is Tony Fontana. Like, oh, wow. He's so Inland Empire, it's ridiculous, you know, so... Yeah. People like that are right here, and I think there's a misconception that we aren't at that level when we're 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 going crazy. You know, mm -hmm. we have so many super talented people. A lot of them have been here, so yeah. Um, you know, shout out to all the people who did win awards because they put out things that you can compare to a Drake music video mm -hmm. or a Nas album. You know, those people are here locally making that level of music, so it's special. Yeah. And how many people uh, attended the event and how many people got involved, like, putting it all together? I can't tell you how many people were involved because I don't actually know. Uh, <laughs> but what I can tell you is the building's capacity was between 88 and 100. Mm -hmm. And our guest list was close to 100. Mm -hmm. So we hit capacity. Yeah. Every seat was full. People were standing. Standing, yeah. Um, I was grabbing chairs mid-show and making staff people get up so artists could sit and right. it was a zoo. But you know, I, that's everyone was so happy about that because all artists want to be recognized. Right. What better way to be recognized than seeing a full house in front of you? You know, it's not a like a local scene, small show with twenty people at a dive bar. This is a place to showcase who you are and get recognized even by your peers as well. So yeah. Um, it's it's really special, you know. There's nothing better than the artists you respect and the people you respect all watching you get recognized and maybe even performing. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. We they had a couple of performances last night. That was pretty cool. Yeah, with a live band, which is something a lot of artists don't have access or resources for. Mm -hmm. Right. So we also provided that as well, which was 
a professional band, some of those guys that you saw on stage, they tour with major artists. Like mm -hmm. some of them, oh, yeah. I think all of them have toured with major artists and they came out for us because a lot of them are from here. Nice. And you know, they're just special and kind people and we sent them the music and they wrote to it and came out and performed it with them. So that's that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, there's some people screaming in the in the crowd, they're like, For the Empire and I was like, That's <laughs> that's pretty hard. That was, that was, that was a and <laughs> and I think that's definitely what you guys did is a huge step for the inland empire oh you yeah know, being Definitely. recognized and stuff and we had a we had a lot of people there i mean robert porter he has a show here from i love san Bernardino. like he was there showing the support yeah uh one of the guys that come in after this show on um um Ferran's show his yeah. co-host he was there and i was like i didn't even know everyone there i i genuinely was like i don't even know everyone here i thought i would mm -hmm. there's yeah. so many people i didn't know um it was crazy yeah it was it was really awesome to see the community actually really come together. You know, people that are a friend of a friend were there and everyone knew someone like through another person, you know? Right. So it's funny to run into people like Ben Reynoso, who's a politician in the area. I went to high school with him. Really? You know, and he walked in all suited up and yeah. everyone's like, oh my God, it's Ben Reynoso. And I'm like, it's Ben. You know? I used to punk him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I definitely did. But, but yeah, man, it was awesome to see everyone from every walk of life from the IE there. So it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it was pretty awesome. And we had it at, was at the Garcia Center? That's yeah, that cool. was at the Garcia Center for the Arts. Yeah. I say it wrong a lot, so I got to slow it down. <laughs> yeah. No, it was pretty cool. And are you guys planning on doing that like every year? Or? Yeah, that's, a, that's an annual award show event. Um, so cool. it'll happen once every year. I don't know if the event itself is married to a specific date. But I think that's something that's being worked on right now is locking in a permanent rotating date every mm -hmm. year. Uh, probably like the first Saturday of November is kind of what we did this year. So we'll stick to something around those lines because I think this one just lined up with Veterans Day. Yeah. But Veterans Day isn't necessarily always on Saturday. Right. right? I don't no, think it is. No. So, so yeah, it'll, uh, it'll be a yearly thing. And there will be other things involving Only Empire now and that platform outside of just the award show that happen before and after the event. So. Mm. It'll it'll be a bigger thing. Yeah. So now that now that it's all over and done with, do you do you have like a sensation of like success, you know, doing that, executing it? Uh, for me, as people who are part of pre-production and getting things going, the relief comes the second the show just actually starts going. Mm. You know, I spent so much time stressing about is the band going to be ready do we have the rehearsal songs are the awards done are the trophies made are you know making sure the trophies are beautiful and people are proud to hold it you know all these yeah. small details that make it a good event is there somewhere for you to stop and take that photo mm -hmm. is there a place to hang out where you know all these things that we're stressed out about making sure the experience itself feels great for mm -hmm. a person who walks in yeah and then it finally happens and i can just lay back and just watch it unfold and that's the moment right there so yeah um, it was great, but now it's already, okay, next year, how do we make it better? Nice. You know? How do we make it? Like and also watching, because this was the first of its kind, so a lot of artists didn't submit or didn't know that they were interested. Mm. So there's going to be that FOMO effect of, I missed out. Yeah. You know, because right. they're seeing yeah. their buddy who was there who posted and the images and videos. So I anticipate next year is going to be twice as big and we hit capacity this year. So right. it's going to be a very exclusive thing where, you mm -hmm. know, that invite is going to be much tougher because we're going to have a hard capacity limit. So right. it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah. But you, you want it to grow in terms of like numbers or grow in terms of like um, 
like I want to say like respectability, but like oh you know it's coming up this year. Like, da, da, da. I think uh, with an award show, your priorities shouldn't be numbers at all. Um, what it should be is prestige, mm. which is how proud is someone to be nominated? How proud is someone to win? How do people think about it when they complete their album? You know, we've heard artists of all genres talk about Grammys, even in their songs. You know, um, can we accomplish something of that level where people celebrate just being nominated? Hit Boy celebrated that he got uh, nominated on Friday mm. for a Grammy, and then the very next day he got an award from us, you know? Right. So right. it's how can we make it so that we're in that same ilk and an opportunity so all artists in the community are incentivized to release their music instead of sitting on it, you know? Mm. How many people don't release their music like me? Yeah. And <laughs> you go, well, I probably could have been on that stage if I gave myself a chance, you know? FOMO. So, You're like, oh, now I got now I got to start doing that. Exactly. Yeah. It kind of really pushes the talent out, you know? It does. It does. Yeah. And it, it creates um, the steel sharpening steel, you know? It's going to be, okay, I'm competing with those guys. Those are what an album of the year sounds like. What am I missing? Or mm. how can I compete with that? Or is my music better than that? You know, and trying to make it so that we're all competing healthily with each other and everyone's getting recognized. So, yeah, yeah it um, it's an interesting thing. Yeah. Mm. And there is more than just um, music artists there as well. Yeah, right? there is. There's an actual art award that was won by more leaders. Uh, Adam Aguilar, I believe is his name. And what's funny is his piece that was acknowledged was actually... I didn't even know this um, mm -hmm. until later, but it was actually an incredible piece that was almost like a portrait of the owner of the Garcia Center. Oh, no oh, kidding. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which I was like, this is crazy that he won. It almost right. seems like it was on purpose. Coincidence? It You're just like... Yeah, super crazy. So things like that. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because we're not specifically hip-hop only. You know, there were, like, Brain Story was nominated, and they do, like, an indie-sounding type of music. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, there are some other bands and stuff that just didn't know about the platform, you know, and a lot of them are on tour, out of the state, stuff like that. So I anticipate next year we'll see a, even more variety from the performances and stuff, too. So it'll be crazy. Oh, that, that's super exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now that we got that whole picture, and hopefully everyone who's listening, you know, gets excited for the next year coming up, you know, yeah. things like that. Um, what's, what's your next step in, let's say going into 2024? I mean, you threw this amazing event. Are you, what, what now? You know? I'm, are we going to just talk about this platform or do we want to talk about other things? We're talking about Jake Asai, you know, oh, whatever works. Oh man. So what's crazy is, um, I'm from a collective called over everything and there's six of us, two producers, four recording artists, and we recorded an album, I think, around the time, last time I was here. Mm. Um, it's been fully mixed and packaged now. Tomorrow, I'm in Los Angeles finishing editing the documentary for it, which is going to get put into film festivals in December and January. Okay. Awesome, dude. So there will be screenings for that, which you guys will be invited to, of course. Yeah, I appreciate um, and that. And it'll display how we made this album in one week, and um, it'll break it down. It's comedic because it's just a bunch of us – it's artists being artists yeah. in a very free, liberated place, you know? So I don't want to spoil anything, but that documentary is coming super soon, followed by the album. Um, and after that, my album, Losing Time, will finally, it's its ready. It's yeah. just timing now because <laughs> I have not focused on music in the last two months. So yeah. it'll uh, finally I'll transition into doing that and making that my priority. And hopefully my solo will come after that collective album so mm. that's the immediate calendar right there and then hopefully i'll be throwing some more events 
Yeah. Because I'm a passionate event person. Yeah. I don't do just regular stuff. I, I no, like exactly. big, epic stuff. So if I'm going to do an event, I want bands and the perfect artists, the best venue, the best sound. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why I don't do many. So we'll see. We'll see where the next one's going to be. Yeah. Yes, that, mm-hmm. that quality over quantity type oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Make people go, when he does something, I'm there. I have to be there. That's what you want people to feel. So that's the plan. That's yeah, awesome. especially since we're bringing Class City back. Yeah, which that's how we know each other. So. Yeah. So we'll be involved, yeah. That's, that's gonna cool. be great. Do you have any um any topics or questions for Jay? Um, yeah, I do actually. Uh-oh. You know. <laughs> and so I've been in the music industry for about eight years, Sam. Mm-hmm. Uh eight years this year. And your development from an artist, you know, I could see has grown a lot, mm-hmm. especially in the way that you put out albums and the way that you collaborate with people. Has that mindset changed, or have you tuned anything? In yeah, you know, um, in the beginning for me, it was more so just, you want to do a song? Let's find a beat. You know, yeah. and that was how I made music. It was just, you make music, I make music, we should make music. And I don't do that at all anymore. You know, right. I, I don't even, you know, originally I just rapped. So I'd reach out to producers and say, send me all your beats. I'll pick the best ones. I don't even do that anymore. You know, now I lock in a recording studio with composers and producers like, oh gosh, Leo, it is Nabi. And we build everything from scratch. And I will not use a vocal that I wasn't there when it was recorded. Right. You know, so yeah. anyone I bring in, their texture's got to be perfect. Their style's got to match. Or maybe we're trying to contrast and do something different. You know, so for me, everything is more organic and more original. So like the Losing Time album is super cinematic but also super epic and it's a sci-fi rap album you know it's, yeah, it's super crazy that sounds really dope, and man. you know I, I thought about bringing some records here today but you know or we could talk about like narcos which i had played here before which is like right. that spanish jazzy yeah. record yeah, with, i like that you know and that's super unique and we sat in and i told him let's watch a narcos theme song real fast okay like, you, you feel that spanish mystique that mysterious sound with jazz he was like yeah we're gonna make that Okay, you know, we yeah. put that together and then Christine Aria got involved and we wrote the song and that's the kind of stuff I like to do now. You know, I yeah. can't just write beats, write to beats, you know, so, right, okay. you know, doing that to me, it just doesn't really feel like I'm doing anything different from everyone else. So, okay. Yeah. Um, and then who, as an artist yourself, who have you seen has the biggest growth since we've known each other? The biggest growth? Yeah. Oh, Sonny Babel. Yeah. And it's not even close. Um, nope. Sonny Babel, I, I didn't even like his music when I met him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he knows this. Like, we've had this conversation. Um, <laughs> when I first met him, he was a kid, and his dad was the reason I even talked to him, you know, because I had a relationship yeah, with his David, dad. Yeah. Um, and Sonny was just getting put on stages because he was in the scene because of his dad, you know? Yeah. And now... He's dictating where he goes. Yep. He's owning the room where he goes. His music won album of the year, and yeah. no one had anything to say about it except, "Yep, you know, yep. Which, you know, it's yeah, incredible." Exactly. You know, he's he's become a monster. So I would say he's grown the most um, from square one to where he is now, for sure. Yeah, and that's like growth from all the way around, not just in his music, but like as oh, a his, person, his performance ability, his his stage presence, his personality. The way he navigates, you know, when he does this, he makes sure that his supporters come to you guys. You know, he not a lot of people do that. I'm sure most people who come to your show just show up and go, what can I get from you guys? Mm-hmm. You know, right, they, just are, yeah. they just want your platform. They want to take advantage of it, which is not a bad thing. 
because you guys are radio, but mm -hmm. it's awesome when someone brings their platform and meshes it with yours. Mm -hmm. And you know, you guys get exposure as well and they share that and he's someone who understands that and has that yeah. power. So I really have a lot of respect for the way he moves and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. And most people don't do that. Even good people don't do that. Right. So I think that's awesome. When you were talking about um, like, all right, we're going to watch like a, a Norco scene and like figure out like that melody and all the instruments and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, when you guys make your own and like mix it, is, is there a thought in your head where it's like, ah, oh, like how can we do that? Or it's like you have that confidence like, yeah, we're doing it and we're figuring it out. I, I can't say this is a me thing. This is a, I have so much confidence in not being a no gosh Leotis that I bring ideas that are almost retarded to them and they make it seem like they make me seem genius. You know, like yeah. these, these records are not me being a super talented guy. They're me working with the best producers on the planet. You know, mm -hmm. when I tell you these guys are the best on earth, I'm the Inland Empire, I think has in my top 10 music producers I've heard in my whole life. Three of them live in this town, you know, mm. that's yeah. Nabi and Hip Boy and Ogosh Leotis. And you can take any thought, any idea, any style, any Sonic, and they will make it at a high level. And that's scary, you know? Yeah, definitely. I thought to myself, if I stopped working with them, I don't know if I'd keep doing music. You yeah. know, I'm just a little bit too mentally spoiled, you know, to really think freely. And like I said earlier, I'm a control freak. I let go when they're in the studio. Mm -hmm. I don't control really? anything, you know? I tell them how I feel, what I want, what I'm looking for, and they're like, say no more. And we just start going, you know? And you just trust the process. I trust the process with those guys, yeah. you know? And I'll tell them ideas and what I'm looking for, maybe the tempo or things that I need, like, unnegotiably, but they know how to make it even better, you know? Mm. Right. You tell them what you want a picture of, and they make it look, you know, it's like a filter on Instagram. They It makes your face better. Yeah. They, they make yeah. my idea better, you know? So... Even if you got a good face, the right filter might make it even better. That's mm -hmm. their exactly. ideas. There's know, always so. something to make something better. Yeah, that's yeah. what they're doing with everything I come up with. So it's it's amazing to see because it's the reason I stopped producing. Because I used to make beats and instrumentals and all that. And I these guys are just, they put in their 10,000 hours 10 times. Yeah. You know, they're beyond what masters are. So right, how do exactly. you even start collabing with them? I've known Nabian since he was a bad producer. And we've made music together since... I don't even know, since I was like 14. Really? Yeah, we went to middle school together, high school together, and we would just walk to his house after school and just make songs, and they were terrible. Really? <laughs> terrible. You ever go back and you're like, oh, I can probably fix it, or? He, no, no way, they, these are not fixable <laughs> or salvageable, and he still has them, I don't even have these songs. And uh, oh gosh, Leotis, I went to an art show, or an art walk, and I only went to the art walk because I heard he was gonna be showcasing there, and I just heard about him. And this is 2013, I think, maybe 2013, 2014. And he was getting hyped up by a few buddies of mine. I was like, okay, let's find out. And he plays some records, and I literally fell out of my chair from a record. I was like, okay, what did he sample to make something that epic? It was a piano song called No Air. I ran up to him before he could get off the stage, and I was like, where did you sample that from? He's like, I don't use samples. I played that. And I almost fell on my on the floor again really? and yeah ever since then i've worked with him non-stop since then so yeah. the two of them have become very close friends of mine and mm -hmm. we hang out only half the time we even do music now like sometimes we just grab food so like we yeah. have pretty good relationships no so. yeah it's pretty solid it's not just business you know yeah, exactly and yeah. with you guys knowing each other for that long you going up to them be like hey here's my idea yeah like they already know your energy your vibe oh you know? yeah they and they're like i know how yeah I've gotten phone calls from, oh gosh, Leotis, like, hey, I just made a J beat. 
And I'm like, what does that even mean? He's like, check your inbox. And I played. I'm like, I love it. He's like, I know it's a J beat. Because I was and, thinking about you when I was doing <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, he literally like he was making something on his own time, and he just laughed and went, he would want this, and sent it to me. And it ended up turning out to be a great record. So stuff like that happens because we have those relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's pretty funny. So you were talking about, um, you know, you have your own music. Mm -hmm. You know, you done your own like songs and stuff. Narco was one of our our most like our last one that we played for you yeah. here on the air. Um, and you, you know, you don't really um, put it out there, you know, and that yeah. and you're talking about how you like to keep it low key and stuff. Yeah. Um, is there a reason for that? Uh, I think it's just me being a perfectionist at this point. I don't think I have an actual good reason, mm. but um, I put out three mixtapes, Kasai Tape 1, 2, and 3, and they were just me. They're called tapes because they're not organic, everything made from scratch in the studio with producers. Mm. Some of them are, I wrote a whole song alone, then went in and had a beat match to the song, stuff like that, where yeah. it's, it's less fluid and stuff. So um, now I have an album, and I just don't want it to come out and the city hears it, and then it goes. I'd like it to get maximum exposure, maximum eyes and ears and stuff like that. So I've been lately just working on building those relationships, getting myself exposed to platforms and people that can help me get the music where it needs to be before I waste releasing it, you know? Mm. Right. So that's, that's the actual issue, which is getting PR and uh, distribution. So I know that it's, it's kind of like a catch-22 because who would want to give you a platform if you're not putting stuff out? But why would you want to put stuff out without a platform? So, right, yeah. Um, I'm kind of struggling there, and that's why I made the tapes in the first place. So, hmm. yeah, now I, I'm about to flood the internet in, <laughs> over the next <laughs> year. I'm going. I, the amount of projects I have is mind-boggling, and they're done. They're right. mixed and done. So they're going to come. They're going to come. And once it hits the floor, people are going to be like, this guy just came out of nowhere. Like, yeah, for sure. With all that stuff, all that inventory, you know. And how like okay you said these boys they put in over ten thousand hours like what would you say how, mu how much hours you put in oh i i stopped counting after the ten thousand hour mark nice um i i remember i did like the calculation of how many hours a day how often did i used to make music because mm. there's a period of time where i would wake up go to school go to work after come home make music till four in the morning and i just did that every day really? and i'd have all my friends come over i lived in an apartment with my mom and we'd have music banging till three four in the morning she never my mom yelled at me all the time. She never yelled at me for that, though, which is crazy. Really? Um, and I got to give her a lot of credit for being the reason yeah. that I'm a great engineer. I used to just mix everyone's music, so everyone would come over to my house late at night. And it's a two-bedroom apartment, yeah. you know, and I'm knocking music and never had an issue. <laughs> and um, then uh, eventually I turned my studio into, like, a garage area, and now I have my own studio I built. But, mm. you know, I, I hit the 10,000-hour mark a long time ago, and, you know, it's yeah. it's one of those things where I ha I've always had a theory about mastery, and I think I've mastered the art of being an MC. Nice. Like, I can't say I'm a master musician, but being an MC, I have mastered that for sure. Mm. Um, I agree. I agree. You know, and yeah. I've always um, thought like, what does it mean to master something? Like, do you guys have an opinion on that? Like, what it means to be a master? To be a master. Like, what would make you say this guy's mastered that? No mistakes be honest well i think that but i think the ability to teach as well yeah and to bring it down to a level that even if i were to go to you tomorrow and be like hey i want to start producing mm -hmm. or start rapping mm -hmm. you know you bringing it down and you showing me in like a, in like a small but like negotiable level mm -hmm. i think that's a master 
Yeah. Um, so I, I wrote this down. I think it's I have it in like a notepad or something. But my theory of mastery starts with obviously exposure, which is getting exposed to something you want to do. And I'm not going to give you guys every step, but it leads to eventually um, the step right before mastery is being able to make a complicated thing simple. Yep. That's what teaching is, right? Mm -hmm. It's yeah. being able to go, hey, this thing's extremely complex. I'm going to break it down to you in smaller things that are digestible. And if you can get through the course, you'd be as good as I am. Right. But what makes you truly a master is what happens after that, which is, do you understand the theory, which is, are you able to ask questions and break rules with what you do? Yeah. You know, and um, that's when we start getting into theory. And I think that um, if you're not able to experiment in craft new ideas and ask questions about what you do, you're not a master yet. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like my, my thought process with emceeing is I do things like, so let's say trap music is the, a BPM tempo, which is like drum beats per minute of like 120 to 140, right? Mm -hmm. let's, uh, let's make a slow jam that's 60 BPM mm. and rap on it at 120 BPM because technically the beats per minute are the same. Right. 60 BPM, 60 beats per minute. To 120. To 120 is technically the same thing. Right. You know, and having these little ideas like that and just tampering with stuff in the studio. That's yeah. how you make unique songs, you know. So that's what we do now. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. And a lot of people when they when they have like a profession whatever, like they, they can like know something or know how to do it. Mm -hmm. But it's different than like understanding it. Absolutely. You know, yeah. being able to like this might be a little off topic, but my friend was like, hey, you know, I try to get my real estate license and mm -hmm. I took the test like five times and I just can't pass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he, I was like, so what do you do? Because when I did it, it was like YouTube videos, the stuff that I needed and just like all that extra stuff, you know, and I understood like terms mm -hmm. instead of just knowing it. He's like, oh, yeah, I just did flashcards. He's like, oh, so you're trying to memorize something. Yeah. You're trying to know it, but you don't understand it. Oh, yeah. Memorization you know? over actual like comprehension right exactly. Yeah, exactly yeah you know and that's where a lot of people are at fault because like they're they think they're so good at something mm -hmm. and they're so blinded by the fact that it's just they just know a b and c but not look i feel this way about doctors i do feel that they're doctors these are people licensed to work on you that are not actually good at understanding the human body mm. you know i think that they passed the test they graduated from some school somewhere but they're misdiagnosing people. They're yeah. missing. They're not even diagnosing some people. They're letting them go, telling them they're fine. Um, and I don't think they're good at their job, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's that's partially why it's scary to go to a hospital, you know. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. I've had buddies who tell me, you know, like I went to the hospital because I had a knee issue, and they said, oh, just you got arthritis or something, or you know, or they just give you pain medication. Right. And then you know, you finally the third or fourth time, the guy goes, "Are you kidding me? You got a torn ACL?" You know. <laughs> and the guy's like, "What? I've been running around on this thing, you know, and yeah. stuff like that." And you know, it makes you wonder, like, how did this doctor understand that one didn't? And mm -hmm. I think that part of it is how they went through their schooling system and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's interesting, man. It's scary, actually. Yeah, it's all part of growth, and you know what they say: what well, you do to one thing, you do to everything. So. Mm -hmm. um, you know, understanding one thing helps you understand everything else that you do in life. So yeah. that's really awesome. Um, it is half past seven o'clock. We're going to be taking a five minute break, y'all. Um, we'll be right back. You guys are listening to Whatever Works on KCAA 1050 AM and Express 106.5 FM.
Bureau of Economic Geology, this is Earth Date. Mark your calendars and buy some eye protection, because on August 21, 2017, the U.S. will experience a total eclipse of the sun. A total eclipse happens when the moon passes perfectly in front of the sun, blocking its view from the Earth. Only a small path across the U.S. will see the sun completely obscured. But that path of totality stretches from Oregon to South Carolina, passing over nearly 50 million people. If you were to view the eclipse from space, you'd see a small moon shadow 70 miles wide cast upon the surface of Earth and moving quickly across it at 1,500 miles an hour. From Earth, you can experience this moving shadow too. If you're lucky enough to witness the total eclipse from a mountaintop, you'll see the moon shadow racing toward you from miles away. Eventually, it will engulf you. Darkness will fall. The temperature will drop 10 to 15 degrees. You'll see what looks like sunset on all horizons. Birds will stop chirping, and crickets may start. But don't blink. This ethereal scene will last only about two and a half minutes before the shadow races on. The experience can be awe-inspiring, even unnerving. And you'll understand how early cultures would have given powerful religious significance to a total eclipse. If seeing one is on your bucket list, head to the Path of Totality on August 21st, find some high ground, and look to the heavens. Wearing the right eye protection, of course. I'm Scott Tinker, and I hope you'll enjoy this coming date on Earth. Earth Date is produced by the Bureau of Economic Geology at the University of Texas at Austin. Earth Date is researched by Julie Hennings, written by Harry Lynch, and distributed by Mark Blunt and Casey Walker. For more stories, follow us on Facebook or visit earthdate.org. Tehebo Tea Club's original pure pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit TeheboTeaClub.com. Tehebo is spelled T like Tom, A-H-E-E-B like boy, O, then continue with the word T and then the word club. The complete website is TeheboTeaClub.com or call us at 818-610-8088, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-610-8088, TeheboTeaClub.com. Hi, I'm food critic Alan Morgan, and I'm excited to tell you about Ray's Shanghai Bistro, located next to Redlands DMV on Magonia in Redlands. Ray's Shanghai Bistro offers the largest and most delicious array of traditional and original Chinese dishes available in the Inland Empire. Some of my favorite dishes are the house-made potstickers, the crisp pork spare ribs with garlic, their unique spicy lamb with bamboo, the sweet and tangy deep-fried orange peel beef, mm-mm, and the savory basil spicy shrimp, plus lots of vegetarian dishes. Whether you dine in, pick up the food, or have them cater your next party or special occasions, you will see why Ray spelled R-U-I apostrophe S, Shanghai Bistro, is truly the best Chinese restaurant in the Inland Empire. Their website is raisshanghaibistro.net. That's raisshanghaibistro.net. R-U-I-S, shanghaibistro.net. Happy eating. You won't be disappointed.
Bob Vila here with my home improvement tip of the day. Concrete floors are no longer found just in garages and basements. With new elegant finishes now available, like stenciling, staining, and texturing, they're also showing up in kitchens, bathrooms, and even living rooms. Even though concrete itself is durable, various finishes may not be so tough, so you need to take care when cleaning the floor. A soft dust mop or vacuum is usually fine for routine cleaning. To get at more stubborn messes, try using a sponge saturated with water and dishwashing detergent. When you've cleared the mess, rinse with plain water and dry the floor immediately to avoid any discoloration. Cotton cloths are best for drying since synthetics can scratch the finish. If you need to pre-treat a particularly tough stain, use a pet stain and odor remover. They contain organic compounds that will dissolve the stain without harming the finish. Get more info at BobVila.com and right here at home with me, Bob Vila. Welcome back, everybody. Happy Sunday. You're listening to Whatever Works on KCAA 1050 AM and Express 106.5 FM. I'm your host, Sam Works. I'm Kyle Kerrigan. And it's your boy, Jake Asai. Jake Asai. Uh, before we get started, uh, we get jump back in. Uh, we haven't done our sponsor. So, Kyle, go ahead. SMJRadio.com. No negative news, no politics, just feel good music. And if you guys are just tuning in, uh, Jake Asai, I mean, he has... He wears multiple hats, and he's good at what he does. And um, before the first half, we were talking about the event that we went to uh, last night that uh, he generously um, invited us to, which was super awesome. Yeah. Um, and, like, how many hours and, like, all the stuff that you guys put in. And the reason why I bring that up is for, like, okay, so you put all these hours, you do all this work, and it, it, it can be stressful, right? You have yeah. those, those yeah. moments. What do you do to put your – um mind at ease um for me it's probably fitness sports and stuff like that mm-hmm. where i don't think about anything except the ball i'm chasing or the weight i'm lifting um that's probably the only time i don't feel like there's chaos in my mind when when i'm going through these type of events and stuff like that mm-hmm. you know with like these events i'm thinking of things like the the engraver who's creating these trophies they're like made of crystal and glass and custom engraved and they were nice yeah <laughs> they were really nice. and that was that was one of my top priorities was when people have that trophy is it going to end up on the mantle or not is i have a lot of like these awards or collaborative pr- processes you know like there's a producer or a writer or an artist and you can only give one person the trophy you know so i want people to be like i want one too mm-hmm. you know I, I produce the beat for song of the year where's mine you know, right. I want that to be an issue that comes up. So I, that was one of my number one priorities. I spent an hour with an engraver just talking about what the trophy would be, what it'll look like, the weight, the size, the price, you know, everything. And those details to me are why I'm a perfectionist. But, you know, yeah. it's it's stressful to get everything perfect. And we got close. We yeah. got close. We had a few hiccups. We had a few things I didn't like. But. I don't think anyone else noticed but me for most of them. Right. So it's yeah, not yeah, a big yeah. deal, you know. Yeah. And you know, that was the first one, so it's like it's a trial run, dude. And yeah. And for yeah. it to blow up like that and it was like 
I, bro, I was telling Kyle the whole night. I was like, dude, I was so happy I went, dude. It was like, it was yeah. awesome. It was a good feeling. Um, you know, there's nothing, nothing better than, you know, looking good, feeling good, networking, yeah. talking to people, and like being there to support like the community and just like everyone's cheering for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. all that, all that energy. Yeah. You know, it was insane. It was insane in there. Yeah. Some of the screams I was hearing for people and. I was like, whew, this is wild. Yeah. yeah. It, it, like, it, it was making me, like, just well up. I was like, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling the energy in here so much. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and a lot of special moments happened, you know, whether it be people like Aries K, who was the opening singer, talking about how she came to the IE kind of late, you know, and she's been a part of the scene a long time now, but she was saying how she was going to quit music, and the IE scene is the reason she kept going. Yeah. Or Noah James, who kind of, he's kind of a curator of the scene. You know, he's one of the people who crafted what is now called the Inland Empire music scene. And him getting recognized for it and the people going crazy in the crowd about it. And in the stories like Sonny Babel, you know, mm-hmm. who was that little kid on stage, little chubby kid doing super average music. He used to music. be chubby? He used to oh, be, yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, he used to be a chubster. And now, you know, he's lean and got the fresh cuts, got the yeah. nice vest on, <laughs> he's all saucing it up, you know, and him closing out the night with a set and album of the year, you know, these, these things are so crazy. So yeah, it's, it feels good when it all comes to fruition, you know, yeah. but the build up to making something like that happen is definitely stressful for sure. So the moment of like feeling good, was it having this idea and planning it out or was it in the moment during the event or was it after knowing that hey it's finished it went really good like when was the the most um successful feeling that you had i think the toughest part of this event because i i don't i'm not supposed to be divulging all these things but we're here now we're gonna do it (laughs) we're doing it so only empire now i wrote that idea down six years ago um in a notebook and I still have the notebook to this day. I wrote the note, I wrote the idea down then, and I told myself, I have like a closet where I keep all my trophies I've ever won in my life. I've got perfect attendance trophies from elementary school in this closet. Nice. You know, and I looked at everything and I went, wow, you know, I've got a trophy for everything I've ever done, except music. And I've been doing it for 15 years. Yeah. I don't have a single piece of recognition or acknowledgement, you know? And I asked myself, why is that? Is it because I'm not good enough or is it because there's no platform for recognition for an independent artist around here? And that's what the inception of the idea was, is that moment there. And so I wrote down what it would take to make something worth having. What would be something that I'd be grateful I was a part of? I just wrote down a bunch of details and then I closed the notebook, you know, and I was like, okay, well, I can't do that right now. And a few things fell into place, you know, um, a few people I met and I just told them about the idea and they were like, that is a phenomenal idea. And I was like, okay, well, the idea requires a, a $10,000 <laughs> venue and well over a thousand dollars in hardware for trophies and a live band and who's going to pay for it, you know? Right. And the moment this became real was when the Garcia center got involved and offered up the venue. When then I met, a through my actual regular job, I get trophies and plaques made. And uh, I just randomly was, long story short, I, w- I went to some hole in the wall place in Yukaipa, and this lady just did everything for a fraction of the price mm. and told me if I ever need anything to just call her. And I was like, this is my trophy person. You know, me and her have a personal relationship now. Yeah. She, she like yells at me on the phone now. Like she's so comfortable. <laughs> she knows I'm gonna come back, you know? So, um, you know, I just met all the right people 
all at the right time and the event just wrote itself. You know, I, I don't even feel like I should get credit for anything because I didn't do anything, you know? I just had the idea. Everyone else did everything. You know, I didn't do sound. I didn't make the trophies. I didn't get the venue. I didn't get all the sponsors. I didn't do anything. It just happened. And I just happened to be the guy who goes, no, that's the vision. No, that's not the vision. That's it. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I just feel like I have a notepad, notepad filled with these things, you know, and this one happened. Some happen, some don't, you know. Yeah. Sometimes you have a time travel album idea. Sometimes you have an award show idea. And I'm just trying to knock down everything in that notebook, you know. Yeah. So. Is, is there a lot of things in that notebook? I have like six notebooks of it. Yeah, really? Like, a lot of them are like movie ideas, like film ideas. Because mm-hmm. I, I do want to film make again. I used to do that and I stopped for equipment reasons. And I have all the equipment. I have everything I need to do it and I just haven't done it. So, for example, one of my ideas was uh, a post-apocalyptic film. And that same film is me and Sonny Babble's duo album together. So our album we have together is a movie that nice. I wrote. Um, and we're, we're adapting it and making it make sense with the album and stuff like that. But mm. it's crazy. Like, if you listen to Tower of Babylon, his album, mm-hmm. the yeah. very last line he says on there is, I'll see you in a perfect world. That's the name of the movie. Ooh, nice. Oh, yeah. so, anger. You're like, yeah, Ooh. so it's one of those full circle things. When I tell people, I was talking to Cam Gnarly at the award show, and I told him, I just, I plan for like 10 years in advance, you know, and I was, I was telling him, I was like, you don't even know how good our song is together. He's like, yeah, it was good. I'm like, no, we haven't made it yet, but we're going to make it. I have mm-hmm. it in my head already. Like, we're going to yeah. make the song. He's like, oh, all right. And I feel that <laughs> way about everything, you know, it's like a lot of things is not as surreal when it happens because I feel like I visualized it so long ago. So yeah. I'm looking forward to things like the movies we're going to make and the festival we're going to put on probably, possibly next year, yeah. you know, and stuff like that and all these different ideas. And like I visualized you guys on that stage before I even called you, you know, like things like that. I like appreciate the that. day I met yeah. you guys, well, the day I came here and did the show with you two, I was like, okay, there's so much more that I'm going to do with these guys. You know, I just, there's certain yeah. people I just really like, you know, so yeah. I, I meet someone, I go, oh, he's special. Oh, he's, he's got this for him, or he's got that, or he does this. He doesn't even know he'd be great doing that. Right. You know, so for me, like, you guys go on the stage, and maybe half the people there are like, who the hell are they? Yeah. Don't worry, it'll make sense later. <laughs> you go, we saw them present an award three years ago, you know, and yeah. I know that it'll come full circle for even those people, and your face will make more sense to maybe someone who didn't know you. So mm. I love meeting special people, you know. Like, yeah. It's one of my favorite things, man, so. Yeah, I, that's part of why I just love being in these scenes so much. There's so many talented, special people in the IE. And I felt like that award show was like a weird reunion with people who hadn't met each other yet, you know? Because yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I knew about you, or he knew about you, or you don't even know I do this. Everyone does something there, you know? Right. Everyone's special. Yeah. So I learned about a lot of people just being a part of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Judah One, the guy who introduced Verse of the Year. I didn't know who he was. Right. Turns out he's... He was a part of Noah James' story. You know, he was involved in that. He does poetry and lectures, and he's cultivated and pushed culture forward in uh, the the west side of the IE for the last 15 years. Right. You know, and I'm like, holy crap, like, I've lived on the east side so long, I didn't know that. But, mm. you know, just a lot of special stuff like that. So, yeah, I think you have a, a real gift. I mean, you're very technical with your hands and stuff, but I think it what what you really have as far as the gift is like the vision, mm-hmm. you know, the idea. Yeah. Cause like, yeah. you know, you know that, that I think I say it's a stupid saying, but like, mm-hmm. um, you know, Jack of all trades, mm-hmm. uh, a master, master of none. none. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay, 
you can be a master at one thing. You don't need a, a jack of all trades because mm -hmm. like your, your mastery is like the vision and the thought. Mm -hmm. And then that's when you just meet a bunch of other people who are masters that yeah. put everything all together. Yeah. You know? So, and I think that's the most important thing. Like as long as you have a vision and mm -hmm. you know, people that can help you make it come true. Yeah, you know, exactly. Try to do something on your own. Yeah. I, I really pride myself on seeing value in people, you know, like yeah. I meet people and maybe no one in the room knows this guy is special, but I'm like, how'd you know that? Or what, what do you do? Or, you know, I like to learn mm -hmm. about people and see why they're special. Cause I feel like everyone's got something going on, oh, especially when you're in these, these public places like this, you know? So yeah. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Joe oh. likes to uh, pass notes to me and try to make me laugh, but I can't say these notes on the air. So it's like, <laughs> all I can do is just chuckle. <laughs> but, um, yeah, dude, no, I, I think it's, you know, everyone has like a, a purpose or like a gift and, yeah. Yeah. and some people don't even know they have it. Oh, for sure. Using it, for sure. You know? And yeah, it's my favorite. And know? it takes someone like you to bring that out of people mm -hmm. like doing this event. We already know people are like, oh, I want to go to that next one. Yeah. You know, I want I want to get an award. If you guys seen the awards, like in the back, like your eyes are like, ooh, it was so shiny. You know, yeah, the they were amazing. Ooh, awesome awards. Like Nabian, when he saw the award, he, you know, he had a smile. On yeah. His face. And I love that no one knew who was winning anything. No one had even seen the awards yet. They, they it, everything was concealed and hidden. Everything was a secret. Yeah. And then people put that thing in their hand for the first time. They're like, oh. Yeah, you see them smile. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're like, you can almost not even tell what it is. It's so shiny. You know? <laughs> they show it to the crowd. And I was like, yeah, that's the moment I was waiting for right there. You know, I had to yell at one of the people, take it out. Pull it out. Right, right. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I want you to know that there's a purpose in that packaging and the way it's set up, the way it was hidden. Everything is for a reason. Mm. Even the lady who's handing out the trophies didn't know what they looked like. You're like, no one knew. I think maybe one or two people knew what it looked like that's it so it was it was a crazy thing i enjoy a grand reveal I'm, it's like a secret satisfying thing for me uh -huh. like watching people go whoa yeah so, you're like this is it this is yeah, it yeah <laughs> that moment like i love surprising people with stuff so it was it was crazy yeah no I, I can't wait for you to you know even put even more events or even the film festival you know yeah. we we had people we watched some of the film festivals and um like I said, some people just know how to make a film, but other people like understand yeah. how to make a film. You yeah. Know? And uh, you, you have a lot of talent in you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I'd, a lot of it is I trust other people's talent. That's, <laughs> that's the key. That's the thing, too. And I, uh, I think to this day, you're one of the best MCs I've ever worked with. I you, appreciate that, man. You and Cam Archer. Mm. You know, uh, when Cody, Jody, and I, we have a group chat together mm. uh, for Clash City, and we were like, you know, we need to find people to make this happen. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt, all three of us said Jake is signing Cam Archer. That's, that's, that's that feels good to hear, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That. And, you know, and uh, one, one of the things that made Clash City great, and you can back me up on this probably, was um, the ability to bring people who have never heard of other people onto stage to tell their story mm -hmm. in one way or another, whether it's a band, whether it's an artist, whether it's expressionist poetry um people we've we've done shows we've done drag shows we've done you know and so just bringing the community together going to the awards show was a full circle moment for me too like just yeah, saying cause you provided a platform for half those people yeah you know uh, yeah, most so. of those people you already knew them which is yeah 
between what you guys are doing here, what you used to do, I was like, these guys are perfect presenters. You know, you guys know how to speak. You understand the value of what's going on. You right. understand art and you give it a platform already. You know, it's, mm. it's an amazing thing. And I wish we, one thing I wish we found a way to do was explain why the presenters were presenting because no one was up there on accident you know every right. single person up there was there for a reason mm. um and some of them were obvious like obviously nabi in presenting album of the year you go okay this, this guy's it's huge you know it's not <laughs> yeah. uh but then there's other people who are a bit more obscure or less known that were there for a very calculated reason yeah. so mm -hmm. you know yeah and i was telling my buddy um about what happened last night and stuff he's like how many people were there i was like probably like 100 people yeah and he was like that's a lot of people to stand in front of and like yeah we're, we're radio guys but we're not in front yeah. of a crowd that's so true that's true you know but the thing was like i wasn't nervous mm -hmm. because i was honored you know yeah. like I was yeah like, exactly yeah. i was not butterflies did not hit my stomach like when when i saw like our names up on the list like we're coming up i was like i'm i'm ready for this like you know that energy too like if we're maybe the first person to go up there and, rep mm -hmm. and present the award then maybe but like one after another that that energy and yeah, like everyone yeah. was just love. i was like all right, this is cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, it's like pressure, yeah. but it's good pressure. Yeah, you know, it's the pressure that turns, you know, glass into diamonds. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, and so that's 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 the difference. Yeah, and, yeah. and uh, I think the event shined itself. You know? Yeah, so definitely. That was, that was yeah, cool. it it flowed. It floated. Yeah. So we only have about two more minutes left. Um, do you have like a new song that just came out that you released that, you know. If people want to hear Jay Kasai, you know, there's there's a lot of things you knew. You can watch some of his videos. He has YouTube videos. Um, I He had me on one of his uh, interviews one time. And, um, man, that was that was pretty intense, that interview. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was yeah. the first one that really just went like yeah. that, you know. So, yeah, uh, for people who are listening, if you're interested in anything I've done, um, on YouTube it's Jay Kasai TV is the main channel. And it's got things like sit down interviews with artists it's got sit down conversations with special people it's got music on it it's got a little bit of everything i do so that's probably the number one place you can go yeah so check them out guys and if you guys yeah. um if you guys enjoyed the show you know let us know and you know we love all the supporters out here we have a lot of regulars who just listen in every week so i'm glad that you guys got to meet jake Asai if you guys haven't met him already so uh, stay tuned, guys, for the 8 o'clock show with Ron. Uh, you guys listen to Whatever Works on KCA. We're clocking out, so have a, a blessed Sunday, all right? Every day can be a better day despite the challenge. All you gotta do is leave it better than you found it. It's gonna get difficult to stand, but hold your balance. I just say whatever. where every day is a great day. KCAA, Loma Linda. In these trying times, many people are depressed and lost because the future of our society is up in the air. If you're turning to substance abuse because you're feeling there is no hope, we have a way for you to see the light. SAD, or Stop Abusing Drugs, is a nonprofit organization that will help you at no cost to you stop abusing drugs. Founded by Tony Navarchi, SAD will refer you to the top detox doctors in your area. SAD will pay every and any cost for you, including doctor visits, counseling, and medications. If you need help, SAD is there for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you or a loved one needs help, or if you have a suggestion or idea for Tony, you can reach out to him by calling 844-493-3386. That's 844-493-3386. 
888-500-3386. Or email Tony at Tony at SadDetox.com. That's Tony at S-A-D-D-E-T-O-X.com. Redlands Ranch Market is a unique, full-service international grocery store that specializes in authentic food items from Mexico, India, and from many Mediterranean and Asian countries, including popular items from the U.S. They offer fresh-baked items from their in-house bakery, house-made tortillas from their tortilleria, a delicious array of prepared Mexican foods, a terrific fresh fruit and juice bar, and a large selection of meats, seafoods, and deli sandwiches, salads, and halal meats. Their produce department is stocked full with fresh local and hard-to-find international fruits and vegetables that you cannot find anywhere else. Don't forget to stop into the massive Beer Cave and experience the largest selection of domestic, artisan, and imported beers in the IE. They can also cater your next event with one of their delicious takeout catering trays of food. Visit them at RedlandsRanchMarket.com. That's RedlandsRanchMarket.com. Redlands Ranch Market, a unique and fun shopping destination. When you shop with local merchants, more of your money stays close to home. By helping support local businesses, we all benefit. This message from My Tran eShop, family owned and operated for over 30 years. Save and bring your foreign or domestic vehicle to My Tran eShop, located at 21891 Alessandro Boulevard in Moreno Valley, or call 951-243-7675. Visit online at MyTranEShop.com. That's my T R A N E Shop.com. That's that's my and eShop, proud supporters of our local businesses. The staff and families at Yard House of Temecula takes this time out to recognize and salute the local men and women in uniform standing tall for our political and economic freedom around the world. Let's always remember them in our thoughts and prayers. Their efforts abroad and our support has kept America strong. This message, courtesy of your good friends at Yard House of Temecula at 40770 Winchester Road in Temecula. They are always working to keep our community moving in a positive direction. NBC News Radio. I'm Chris Caraggio. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says there may be a deal in the works to free more hostages held by Hamas, but he wouldn't elaborate. Appearing on NBC's Meet the Press, Netanyahu said the chances of the deal are better the less he talks about it. He did say Israel wasn't close at all to any agreement until its forces began a ground operation into Gaza. The prime minister was responding to reports of a possible deal for the release of as many as 80 women, children, and the elderly being held captive. A statement from White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre says the new two-step GOP government funding bill unveiled by House Speaker Mike Johnson yesterday will waste precious time and is an unserious proposal. Plus, it's a recipe for more chaos and more shutdowns. The deadline to avoid a shutdown is November 17th. The United States has carried out more airstrikes in Syria. On Sunday, Reuters reported a U.S. defense official said the strikes were conducted against Iran-aligned groups. One of the targets was reportedly a weapons storage facility. The move appears to be the latest response to a series of attacks on American forces in Syria and Iraq. The federal probe into New York City Mayor Eric Adams' 2021 campaign is reportedly focusing on a series of text messages related to the opening of the Turkish government's new consulate in Manhattan. David Folk Thomas reports. The New York Post reports investigators are looking into whether texts between Adams, then the Democrat nominee for mayor, and FDNY Commissioner Daniel Nigro and a Turkish official helped fast-track the opening of the new building in September 2021. FBI agents stopping Adams on a 
city street last week and confiscating his mobile devices as part of the investigation. Officials in Iceland say a town south of the capital city of Reykjavik could be destroyed by a volcanic eruption. The town of Grindavik is near an active volcanic system and was evacuated Saturday after magma shifting beneath the ground triggered hundreds of earthquakes. I'm Chris Caraggio, NBC News Radio. Celestina KCAA Loma Linda at 106.5 FM K293 CF Moreno Valley. I hear you.